ABM isn't new because the reality is we have sales reps and sales reps have been doing ABM for years and years and years. What is new is that we as marketers finally have insight that the sales reps always had maintained. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, so in this episode, you'll be hearing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from past conferences. To sign up for the upcoming Flip My Funnel conference this August in Boston, visit flipmyfunnel.com and use promo code PODCAST for special pricing. This podcast is supported by LinkedIn, Marketo, Terminus, PFL, and BrightFunnel, titanium sponsors of the Flip My Funnel community. Let me give you a little bit of background on what I do and who I go after as a marketer um, for Tungsten. So we are B2B, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000. Um, ABM pay, plays really a critical role in how we market, who we market to. But our challenge has been a little bit different in the sense that we came from a very traditional model. So if many of you are in organizations that aren't these startups or these progressive marketing organizations that you're trying to get both your sales, your executives, and your marketing organization to move very quickly, adopt some of these future technologies. That's what we're living right now. So I'm going to kind of walk you through the approach that we took. And again, I don't think any of us have the perfect roadmap, but at least you'll be able to see how we went about it and hopefully be able to have some good takeaways. So my title was ABM isn't new because the reality is we have sales reps and sales reps have been doing ABM for years and years and years. What is new is that we as marketers finally have insight that the sales reps always had maintained through the relationship. So we were awareness, warming up, doing all of the activity through advertising and emails, but the sales reps really owned that insight, that knowledge, those relationships that allowed them to have discussions that were personalized, that allowed them to get the right materials and the right insight in front of those customers or prospects. So when I say ABM isn't new, it just happens that we as marketers have now claimed it and put a cool name on it, but that's what we do, right? So we, the technology's caught up. So again, going back to, we didn't have the tools without going out into client locations or prospect locations or getting on the phones and having those discussions. So as a marketer, we're able to capitalize on the tools that weren't available. And the consumer buying has changed. And again, we talk about why we're changing and what's going on and what is this birth of, you know, 3,500 brands for us to choose from as marketers is that consumers, and whether they're B2B or B2C, just don't purchase the same way they used to. In our particular sales cycle, we have an 18-month sales cycle. We're going after Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, and there's you know, 10 people that are involved in the decision-making process. So they've already done the majority of their shopping, if you want to call it that, before they even engage the select few providers that they may be interested in having a personal discussion with. So I think as marketers, we just need to take a step back and, we, and we're really now more salespeople than we were before. Um, and I think that's how we think, need to think of it. So previously, we just would throw the, throw the leads over the wall, right? So we'd collect them all. 
they're great, look at how awesome we are, and we'll throw them over to the wall to sales. And sales would basically do account-based marketing. They would filter through the leads, they'd pull out any that were in an industry maybe that they've seen success with, or maybe they're currently working on somebody in that industry that they have familiarity with. And then they would start to go after them in a very similar fashion that they've seen success in. So again, for our jobs as marketers, sales really wants it kind of tied up with a bow now. And I say they want it that way. They don't know what they want. And again, I'm speaking from our, <laughs> from our perspective is that we need to really align with sales more than we ever have in the past because as we do acquire more tools, it's going to be important for us to make sure that we're giving them, we're, we're carrying that ball as far as we can to then hand it off to them, okay? So how do you get off the ground? And, you know, I'm sure everybody in this room has some form of MarTech installed in their organization. But the reality is, is that there's lots of challenges. And and these are our case study challenges, is that everything from how about changing the mindsets of the executives, that you're going to them asking for this investment in technology that we've never had before. And they don't understand it. They don't understand why we need it. What is it going to do? What are we getting back from it? Oh, I don't want to sign up for two years. Well, guess what? SEO doesn't happen in six months. So there's all these types of challenges that we need to face as marketers that that we need to convince the organization. Not all sales reps embrace technology. You know, Julia was just speaking, and I, I felt like she was preaching to the choir, is that a lot of times we give sales reps all this technology, and they're like, you know what? I'm a relationship salesperson. I like to go out and have coffee with them. And it's worked for me in the past, so I'm going to keep doing that. But we know if we just take a step back of what I just mentioned, buying is different, the technology is different, the sales cycle is different. So the old processes that sales reps may be very accustomed to don't work anymore. And, but it's very, very difficult to get them to change how they've been really functioning and acting for a long time. And so, and then the last one too is aligning with IT for implementation and ongoing support. So, you know, we love to be marketers in a bubble that we had our own little domain that nobody, you know what? We knew how to do that. We, we didn't need any IT support. We built our own ecosystem and we managed it and we controlled it. But the reality is now when you have tools like Marketo and Salesforce install those instances in your organization, you have to be reliant on them they will become your best friends. Um, They have to be because almost if you want to really deploy those tools the way they should be deployed, it's it's not about marketing tools anymore. It's about organizational tools. Um, And that's probably one of the biggest aha moments for us and again, it's not being arrogant about it. It's just thinking that we, you know, following that old methodology of how to get sales and leads through the funnel, we were like, well, we need this and we need this and we need this. Well, guess what? The whole organization needs these tools, not just sales and marketing. And so that was, um, that was a huge one to be able to get that installed for the entire organization to use, not just marketing and sales. So these are our challenges. And I look at them and... I question how we got through them. And so this is a fantastic chart. It's interactive. If you haven't seen it before, it's by Gartner. And you can just um, Google the Gartner Digital Marketing Transit Map. And what this does, so I laugh every time I see this because this is why we're confused. This is why we have no idea where to start. Because look at the paths that you could take in the areas of marketing 
that you could explore. And um, going back to um, Sangram's keynote is that we can't be good at everything. None of us have 60 people. Well, let me rephrase that. I don't have 60 people in my marketing department. I don't know. Maybe some of you do, but we don't. And because we don't, there's no way we can become experts and masters in every single one of these areas. So, so this is great. And you can actually go out and click on the different areas and the different paths. But again, my use of this chart was just to say, we're confused. <laughs> we're confused. And it's hard to know where to start. You've seen these marketing technology landscapes, but look at, I mean, we were at 150 brands to identify and investigate in 2011. 2016, we're at 3,500 brands. So when you come to shows like this, or you go to Marketo Nation, or you go to some of the other large conferences, it's overwhelming. It it really is. And maybe it's just overwhelming for me, but I'm hoping some of you are feeling (laughs) the technology pain, right? So this is how we started And again, everybody has different approaches, but what we found success in is to start to refine what is familiar to the organization out of the gate. And so, you know, I think Julia had mentioned in her presentation that she didn't believe that you needed MarTech to actually be successful in ABM. I actually feel the opposite way. We needed to get some of our basic fundamental tools in place and at a place where we felt comfortable and confident that they were kind of working on their own and helping, compiling and helping us get to our end goal before we started to do ABM. And so we started in these four areas. And I will tell you, if you just start in the, I mean, this this took us 10 months to start just in these four areas. So if you look at these four areas, obviously your website. Well, we came in and again, a year ago, we came into this organization and there was no technology, no Salesforce, no Marketo, no Optimizely, no Google Tag Manager, no SEO, no SEM happening. We had a brand that had changed. So we had digital trash galore, all indexed. So if you think about Just these four areas to get your foundation clean, because then you can start adding all these cool new tools on top of your foundation. So we started with a website, cleaning it up, redesigned it. Are we using the best user experiences? Are our pages loading nicely? Are they engaging? How many clicks? You're going to laugh. The fundamentals. The fundamentals. You know, we're so wowed by all this cool new technology, but sometimes you have to go back to the fundamentals. We had no CRM, no marketing automation. So we brought on Salesforce and Marketo in January. And again, so here we are, December. (laughs) We're like in the loony bin, but they're huge tools. And we're using probably 30% of them right now because it takes time to master these tools. It takes time to let that propagate throughout your organizations for sales to try to start using and learning. And we can't forget about that. And you can become best friends with sales by continuing to be patient with them and educate them. So not always about the cool new stuff that marketing wants to do, but how do we get sales and marketing in sync so we we really are a unified force to go after who we're looking at. And then content. So this is great. We've got a website. It's doing the right things. We've got our CRM in place. We have our Marketo in place. And what the hell do we talk about? And what is interesting to these folks? And this is where ABM starts to come into play. So if you know you're going down this path of ABM, We strategically started sourcing data that could be used very generically. So for instance, we would do a research piece with Forrester. We would source it with Forrester. We'd make it a very generic topic that talked to really everybody in our audience. 
But we knew there were four key audiences that we cared about. And we cared about them because we were successful previously. We had lots of clients in them, pharma, IT, US Gov, CPG. So we knew those four industries, they were on our network, they loved us, we had experience with them. And so when we did that, when we did that research paper, what we did is we made sure that those four industries were targeted to go out and be surveyed. So then we could slice and dice that data, not only for everybody, but for those four specific industries. So then we could create ABM material and talk directly to those four. Okay. So if you know you're going out to do that, start with that methodology, still produce for the masses because you do have to create content for all the rest. And again, these are different, you know, some folks believe only go ABM. We're not there. We don't have a sales organization that is ready to completely turn over and say, we're just going to go after these 30 clients. It just doesn't work for us. And it will, you know, I think a year from now, we'll be in a much better place, but we're not there right now. And then SEO and SEM. You know, again, it sounds so simple. Um, we hired an organization in New York called Dragon Search, and they are fabulous. They are like the gurus of SEO and SEM. And we don't have a huge marketing department. So again, when we say invest in technology, it could be a person that understands technology really, really well. It doesn't have to be a piece of software that you bring in and add on to your Marketo system. And these guys just live and breathe Google. And, you know... They give us answers to things we didn't even know we could get answers to. And again, we didn't have that resource in-house. We had folks that dabbled in it. We had IT guys that thought they knew it. We had a web developer that said he was the expert. But yet we had all of this litter in our digital ecosystem from our old brand that was really just bogging us down. So when we say technology, I also put key folks in that same category that can really get your organization to the next level. Very, very quickly, because then if that's all they're focusing on, I was doing it in my side job. And if that's all they focus on, it happens very, very quickly. So I talked about this already. No CRM. Pardot was being used simply as an email delivery system. That's it. So no marketing automation. Our IP IP addresses were completely abused. So we had everybody in the organization sending email to whomever they thought they should be sending email to. And so we had tons, I mean, spam, blacklists you name it, total disregard to any healthy IP maintenance and management. We had a web design project that was taking longer and it was more costly than we had hoped for. Uh, We had no SEO, no SEM. Sales really didn't have any marketing support besides trade shows and collateral. And that's all they had. They hated us, really. (laughs) And then they were, sell- they were really focused on relationship selling, which we didn't want them to do any longer. We wanted them to kind of change their methodology, which took a partnership with sales. So 10 months later, here we are. This is our marketing stack and our technology that we're using. And it's pretty basic. And I say it's pretty basic. Depending on where you are in your marketing department life cycle about adopting technology, there's a few. So if you look, you know, we've got, we've got our, our web. We've got Captura, which I'm going to talk to you about. Dragon Search, Optimizely for A-B testing. Crazy Egg, LinkedIn, and Rain King for our sales organization. We're working with Rocket Fuel. And then we've got our content providers up in the, up in the right-hand side. So may not be the right suite for your organization. But we've had good experience starting with the foundation And now we're just in a place right now, so this has taken us a year, 
to now really start to bring on some of those, those very niche products that will get us to that next level and start to talk about ABM. So we, the one new thing that we tried was Captura. And, and I say that it wasn't the one we, Salesforce was new, Marketo was new, everything's new. But the one that we felt was it was out of our foundation was um, Captura. And immediately we were turned on to it by how do we, in the low points of our business where trade shows aren't going on and folks are less engaged in those decision-making or buying windows, how do we continue to raise awareness and engage the folks that we want to engage? And with Captura, what they do is they focus on long-tail searches. So as marketers, you know that creating landing pages is a nightmare. Everything you do, you have to create a landing page for. Every campaign you do, every facet of everything we do is landing pages. And you can have hundreds and hundreds of landing pages. The difference with this solution that we went after was before we created the landing page, we knew what was being looked for. So this software allows us to go out and say, okay, show me what people are searching Okay, I see what they're searching. Now I'm going to create a page with a call to action that matches that search perfectly. And so it was a little reverse engineering. And then it also helped us with our SEO, which was, was kind of lame before this. Any of these tools that you expect to have help with your search engine optimization or SEO usually take a, a pretty significant amount of time. We were thinking we would, you know, within probably nine to 12 months, start to see some traction. And we were pleasantly surprised that we saw traction right out of the gate, probably within the first six months. So we were very, very happy. And again, the numbers are low, but you can see, you know, October, we had 400 landing pages through Captura. And we continue to have our, the keywords that are being searched rank very, very top. Again, underpaid, number one spot. Again, based on what the people that we don't know who they are, they're searching for. And we just happen to be now linked be able to provide them with content that directly meets the search criteria that they actually just typed in. It's been great. And I threw this one in because this is like your secret. (laughs) This is like your secret tool. There's a feature in Captura that allows you to see what all your competitors are posting. So how many of us go out and we're like, okay, let's go to their site. Let's go to their site. You got to poke around. It's like Friday afternoon and you're brain dead and you really don't want to do anything besides like start anything new. But you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to poke around on my competitor's sites. Well, this tool pulls so I can put in my keywords and then it tells me every single one of the pieces of content and where those are posted for all of my competitors which is fabulous. So I can sit there and go, oh, they seem to have a new focus on X, Y, and Z. Or you know what? They're taking this angle on this white paper, but they're missing this opportunity. You know what? We're going to go this route. Or they're having absolute success going down this path. What's the key to it? And do we replicate it? Do we change it? Do we start to engage in it? Again, just having competitor insight. So that was the one thing that we tried that was new. And going back to, again, you know, Julia had said that she doesn't think MarTech. I needed to clean house. We needed to really get our marketing technology and our foundation in shape before we started ABM. These are such important clients, prospects, and hopefully clients of ours. We didn't, we wanted to do it right. And so we focused on four different areas. And really, you know, all of you, you know, you're here, you understand ABM of getting the right message in front of the right person at the right time. But we took a a couple different approaches. We're going after our four verticals. 
We're not taking the full Fortune 1000. And some of you may say, oh my God, it would be great if there was only a thousand clients or a thousand prospects that I could go after. How wonderful would that be? But you still have 10 decision makers per minimum. People change jobs. I have an 18-month sales cycle. You could start a relationship with somebody and then the, your, your key contact leaves and go to, goes to another organization. So they're very, they're very difficult sales. Average deal size is about $400,000. So they're, they're pretty significant, but that's why it's also so important to, to get it right the first time. So we do all the traditional stuff. But going after these four verticals, we're, we've created a microsite for pharma. So I'll give you pharma as an example. So we've created a microsite for pharma. We have taken all our existing content and see in where we have maybe had some quotes in there from clients. We've made sure that they're pharma quotes, quotes from clients that are in the pharmaceutical space. So we've tweaked our existing content and then now we're sourcing new content. And what we're doing is we're speaking directly to the pains that are within that industry. So we're still introducing them to the benefits of what we do as an organization, but we're putting it in terms that they can really understand. So if pharma is lagging in changing back office technology versus changing front office technology, and there's a report out there that says that that's very traditional for pharma, let's capitalize on that and help them understand how to fix that. And they could be, you know, sort of a superstar in their organization. So a lot of that type of content tweaking, as well as we know who the, we know who the decision makers are. So where everything used to be very linear, everything used to, used to be in these parallel paths to say, okay, we've got our content calendar. And this is what our content, when this stops, this starts. And when this stops, this starts. And we ought to have every day filled. And here's all, it doesn't work like that anymore. It's this, this origami of all of your marketing tactics really um, poking and prodding when that prospect wants it. And I think that's the key is that it's not about us pushing. It's about when they're ready to engage, we're there and we're in front of them and, and we're ready to, to be engaged and, and to educate them. So I'll quickly, I know I got one minute, track, track, track. As soon as we started implementing all these programs and certain technology, we were able to then track the journey of a prospect that went through the system. And now we're able to tweak our content purchases and development based on learnings that we've had over the past 12 months and, you know, give folks points, get them to rise to the top. We've prioritized those, those prospects or those leads. So last slide, try something new. So stick, go back to the fundamentals, try something new, Continuing to invest in MarTech, you know, you've got to convince your management teams, if you haven't already, that MarTech's really, really important. Partner with sales. Be patient with sales. They're going to hate you, and then they're going to love you. And if it doesn't work, move on. Cut it. Move on. Because not everything's going to work in your organization. That's all I got. Any questions? Yeah. So what type of processes did you guys take to figure out, you know, target accounts in your organization? So, you know, we're fortunate in the sense that so the, Sorry, yeah. just to, because just it seems like you have like an industry. You yes, three, we do. But I wonder, is there like a, a further refinement, refinement after that? Product? So we are fortunate that we're looking at like our top, say, 1,000 industries in the world, global. And so what we would do is there's certain criteria. We, you know, Rain King, which I showed you that was a piece of technology up there, is fabulous. It knows everything about every person. And if it doesn't, you, it has on-demand, go out and find me insight about this person. So if, if, you ha- if you're going after large organizations that you need multiple contacts and ranking is fabulous. But, so we started with that huge list of XYZ 
And then we started paring that down by industry. So our huge list, then we went by industry. Then we went, we used LinkedIn Sales Navigator a lot. Then we used sales knowledge. We sat with sales to go through, to understand what they've had experience with, what they haven't had experience with. But I can do this because it's not 100,000 records. So it's a lot easier to, to have those chunks of data to be able to go after. For us, you know, so we've got, I think in the pharma space right now, we're going after 15 clients, 15 accounts. So they're not huge numbers. They're not huge numbers, but they are huge numbers. You know, we, we bring on 15 clients a year total. They're very enterprise. 100%. Yep. So it's a different beast, but it's also a very old school beast. You know, if you've had lots of success doing these very traditional methodologies, but now since the world is changing, they're not having as much success, but they haven't figured out why yet. So it's kind of, we're, we're kind of budding right now a little bit, but they're starting to, they're starting to get there. So, you know, there are challenges. You've got an existing sales force that's used to existing processes. Do you change your sales force? I don't know. You know, do you get new guys, new sales, new sales reps in? So there's a lot of, a lot of challenges. It's not as easy. You know, I love it. Everyone's like, just buy this. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I have one more piece of technology. I'm going to drown. It sounds like you've introduced a lot of new things this year. We did. You know, one of the struggles that we have is tracking and knowing what's working and what's not working. Um, so it's hard. How do you guys go about doing that? How are you showing what's, what's working So we're at the point right now where we're happy with little wins. So simple things, even open rates through the roof or using our nurture, you know, so we didn't have a nurture campaign in place and we got Marketo and we were able to implement a nurture campaign. I know it sounds so basic, but if you're in an organization that you're not doing everything perfectly, you have to go back to the basics. And so we had our first sale come through all of this technology sign on the dotted line. Our sales cycle is 18 months. It happened in six. So for us, immediately, we were like, we're doing something right. So we're lucky enough that we do have some executives, our CEO in particular, that that understands the need for us to change how we've previously marketed. And so he's, he's a little patient with us. We're staying within budget. We're just changing the tactics we've been using before. So where we may have been doing more trade shows or more sponsoring of parties or more of these types of things, we've just rerouted some of that cash into technology that we think is going to help us go down. But it's, I don't have that magic. You know, I would say if I was in your spot, find a couple of your tools and really hone in on that tool and find the success in that individual tool versus trying to find the success of all them put together at once. Because again, we're 12 months in and we don't, they're all over the place right now, embarrassingly enough. <laughs> Go ahead. Can you talk a little bit about how you scaled your content effort in terms of zeroing in on the personalization? Yes. So we were building content just for the sake of building content. We had, oh, I want to build this landing page with this cool calculator. And isn't this going to be awesome? And nobody uses this damn calculator. And the marketing person that thought it was a great idea, you know, so we're just, we've changed and maybe it was a great idea 18 months ago, two years ago, but it's not how our prospects are, you know, and our target, it's not how they conduct business any longer. So to answer your question, first, who are we going after? And then honestly, right now, if I go back to that, we have Forrester, Gartner, Captora, Hackett. They're all building content for us right now simultaneously. 
Now, you become a manager of vendors very, very quickly. But with Captura, that was one of the things. When they said to me, what is the barrier for us getting your product? You know, what is the barrier for you signing on the dotted line? I go, I can't take on anymore. And they said, what if we do it all for you? Yeah. So they create all my, they have a copywriter that knows our business now, creates all our pages for us. We do, all we do is give them keywords or angles or can you write something about this? We have a new product launching. It's in these types of areas. I want my 15 pages this month to be in this area. So you have to start using, if you're going to try to tackle all your content inside, in-house, which you're laughing, so you're probably in that place, it's hard. As a follow-up question, though, do you have difficulties with like outsourcing the content to somebody who doesn't maybe understand your business as intimately as your... In that sense, I think you have to find a couple that you trust and continue to work with them because they have to learn your business. Um, we deal with an association called IOFM. Uh, it's financial management. And they, we have a guy that's a consultant with them, and he's a rock star. I mean, he just, he gets it. He gets us. But it took a couple papers. I mean, it, it you know, and I say that, meaning he wrote something. We had to really heavily edit it. But now I could call him today and say, can I have a paper next week? What do you want the topic to be? I want it to be on this. Yep, no problem. And it's like magically appears in my inbox. It's awesome. But you become a manager of, because remember, everybody I just talked about on that slide, it's a lot to manage. I mean, we become managers of vendors and software more so. I mean, we're like marketers on the side lately. And we're, vendor, um, we're doing vendor management. I don't know if that helps. It's, I mean, if you're doing it all in-house, it's a lot. Are you doing it all in-house? We're doing most of it in-house. We've outsourced some responsibility to an agency. Yeah. We have that problem of a lot of back and forth, wasted time. Yeah. In terms of not understanding the nuances of our product. And- Try a couple freelancers. Freelancers love to really get into your business. And if they're the right kind of freelancer, you know, industry, any type of these, you know, folks, sometimes guys that have retired from industries and they love to write. You know, if you poke around to find a couple of either analysts or industry influencers or freelancers, sometimes they can be and they they can do everything from your tw- your tweets to your LinkedIn post headlines. To I mean, when we get it, we get a bucket of here's everything that you need to communicate this piece, which is very cool. Anything else? Yeah, yeah. What do you think your saturation point is for your team member managing this? <laughs> We're there. No, no, no. We have on my team, we have eight folks. So, and it's it's crazy. You know, I personally... Kind of dive into all of it? Is, is <laughs> this person tries to be an expert? No, almost every... Well, I shouldn't say that. There's a couple of us, like I'm in all of them, but then there's few folks on our team that are just here or just here, or just here, and they do become more of experts in a particular area. Because what ends up happening is, I literally will be in a straitjacket. So I have to let go, and I have to let others learn and ramp. But the, the control freak in me, I want to learn and ramp as much as quickly, because this is all new. I mean, it, maybe not for everybody in this room, but for, all, for us, you know, a lot of this ended up being fairly new technology. Yeah. They make it look so easy. They're like, oh, just buy this and just buy this. And just. I'm like, are they out of their minds? Once you get in and figure it out, yeah. you might be able to pick something else up. Yeah. I found I could use Marketo, Salesforce, yeah. and that stuff. And I've, I've 
gone in and used it, and then something else has been layered on. So I stop using that, start learning a new thing. And then you neglect your foundation. Yeah. You neglect your foundation. Yeah. I mean, look at SEO and SEM. You know, these guys now focus only, only on our SEO and SEM. I don't have to think about it. I do, obviously. But I'm, I'm confident from a maintenance perspective that when Google decides to change one of their search algorithms, guess what? They're, that, they're on it. And they're going to help us get there. I hope it was helpful. Any other things? Thank you. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.